Well, good evening, Mr. Jones. Good evening, darling. How are you today? I'm bearded. You are bearded. Let's talk about my beard. Okay. What about your beard? Let's talk about when you're going to shave it off. <laughs> so I'm sensing from that that you're not a fan of the beard? I'm not a fan of facial hair. In general? Or just yes, with me? pretty much in general. Well, it's not that I decided to grow a beard. It's that I can't be bothered shaving. Oh, so it's laziness. It's complete laziness. Mm -hmm. But then I get lots of positive feedback, but I'm not sure if it's the type of positive feedback of, oh, you made a really bad poor life choice. Well, uh, now that I've noticed it, I'll just say something nice about it. I think it's probably that. Okay, thanks mm -hmm. for your encouragement. Mm -hmm. Besides that, your daughters, they don't like it. No. They call it pokey. I don't like your pokey bits. Yeah. Talk to them about this week. We had an incredibly busy week. Uh, yeah. I'm Honestly, I could go to sleep now and it's only 8 o'clock. Well, don't do that. Let's finish the podcast first okay. and then... Well, then I need to make all the food for the week and the kids' lunches and I'm not going to bed for hours. Right, but after that, then you can go to sleep. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, You taught the school this week. What was your topic this week? Father Heart of God. Oh, It was really lovely. And your highlight of the week? Hmm. I think... From from the teaching, I mean. From the teaching, um, I had a I had a really fun week teaching. I, of course, love teaching it. But um, my highlight would probably be when we do the big ministry time on the Tuesday afternoon with the mother and father hugs and um, just getting to speak over people and teaching them how to engage with God. And now it does sound completely surreal, but basically, what we have happen is we have moms and dads, safe moms and dads from our church, come in. And after a week of teaching, they want to bless the students as if they were their own parents and or stand in the place of God and bless them. Yeah. That sounds really weird, slightly uncomfortable, yet the fact is it's pivotal and absolutely transformational. Mm -hmm. Is transformational a word? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. It's absolutely incredible to see the change it makes in students' lives and the testimonies that we've had from people. Incredible. And our own experience. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. So, yeah, yeah that was cool. It was very cool. Um, Scotland voted on Thursday. They did. As to whether to be an independent nation. And I thought it was funny that I must be the only Scottish person that a lot of my American friends know because they were all polling me for my input, which, of course, as anyone knows me, is ludicrous. I know nothing about politics. Certainly not politics about a nation I haven't lived in for 11 years or longer than that. Yeah, 11 years I haven't lived there. Mm. So I just honestly said I have no clue what's going on and um, and people were saying, you know, what do you think of the pros and cons? I was like, literally, I have no clue what's going on. But we were praying intensely and, and it turned out that it's a no. It's a no. They're e staying. Everything stays as is. Yep. So we don't have to worry about rushing to get MJ's passport. Yeah, it would be interesting. Anyway, yeah, it's not happening, so I'm not going to devote any energy, mental or otherwise, to imagine different scenarios. <laughs> Ask me what my highlight of the week was. What was your highlight of the week, baby? Wait, L let me guess. Listening it to was... you preach on Sunday. Oh, thanks, honey. That's so Twinned sweet. Twinned with. with. <laughs> yes, and the true answer is? <laughs> New iPhones arrived. Whoop, whoop. Yes, they did. Which was a bit of an adventure. We've we've <clears throat> We've got new iPhones a couple of different ways, including the... Wake up ridiculously early in the morning to go line up at the mall that to get is them. Always what we do until this time. Right. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, that is true. Wake up at like four o'clock in the morning, go and line up at like four thirty to right. get an iPhone. That's Whereas what we've last week, done. I took a bullet for our family and stayed up till three a.m. 
to pre it. Well, I actually stayed up till 2 a.m., but none of the servers were up. So I had to wait up. And then even then it didn't work, so I just went to bed at 3 and got up at 6 and ordered them then. And even then I wasn't even sure if they were going to arrive. But way to go, T-Mobile. Come on, T-Mobile. You dropped them off at our house. Mm-hmm. It was a seamless experience to switch from AT&T. We just set up our phones, called AT&T. Well, no, set up our phones, called T-Mobile, said, please transfer our numbers. Two hours later, that was done. Called AT&T and said, so long. Thanks for Farewell. all the fish. Dun, 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 dun. What do you, do you like Thanks in your phone? Thanks for all the fish. Yeah, it's a reference to an obscure book. Oh. <laughs> um, do you like your phone? I love my phone. It's um, very pretty. What did you get? I got the six. In what color? White. And what and specification? Gold. Mm-hmm. White and gold. 64. Okay. I got the 6 Plus in space gray, also 64 gig. And everybody's asking me, what do you think of your new phone? And here's my here's my honest feedback. It is enormous. It is massive. <laughs> it is absolutely enormous. I think it might eat one of the children when I'm not looking. Yeah, I'm a little afraid. It is colossal, but here's what I realize is I don't actually use my iPhone as a phone very much. And when I do, it's in the car over Bluetooth. So it's not like I'm holding a giant mini tablet up to my ear most of the time i use my iphone as a some sort of communications device which sounds very star trekky <laughs> so the screen on it is utterly delightful i mean it's just wonderful the weird thing is all my muscle memory in my right hand is used for holding a smaller phone that i can operate and manipulate with one hand there needs some sort of circus level freakish trickery to be able to operate I, that phone one-handed. I think I think our cousin Don could probably do it one-handed. Not because he's a circus freak, but because he's six foot seven and, and has very large hands. He has hands the size of my face. We'll have to poll him and see if, right. if this is actually the perfect size phone for him. So while it's a little weird for my brain and my muscle memory of my hand to not be able to do what I could do with my old phone, the screen is astonishing. The battery life is amazing. And the biggest obstacle I have is none of the apps have been, or very few of the apps... I've been updated to take advantage of the screen. So it's pretty unsightly when you look at old, you know, layouts. It's blown an up. opportunity to practice patience no, while they update apps. I want to gouge my eyes out. Oh, wow. That's kind of extreme. Uh, well, I mm-hmm. stick to the apps that have been updated. Where to go Evernote. What? <laughs> Where to go Overcast. Come Where on. to go all of Apple's Where to go apps. Instagram. Instagram has not updated themselves. Well, it's working just fine. Well, <sighs> <laughs> Fills the screen. <laughs> Okay, I does just threw it, up a little bit in my mouth. Does, okay. does it's it not, not pixel perfect. Screen. Okay. Oh my gosh. You're such an Apple snob. <laughs> Maybe you should give your phone back. Okay. You also spoke at church this morning. I did. Talk us through that. Because you did something you don't normally do. I did something I have never done. Prophetic dance and a prophetic hip hop rap. It was amazing. Up, up, okay, up. stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an invitation for some involuntary beatboxing. <laughs> Oh, you brought some hamsters to the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, was that you, DJ? Yeah. Wah, wah. Anyway. <laughs> okay, stop, please. I need to take lessons from Tink so that okay. I can get some sound effects down. Um, Talk to me about your how your sermon came about. Well, uh, basically, I in the month of August, had a series of dreams, um, all of them about revival coming to Grace Center and uncapping wells and that kind of stuff. And I sort of was, you know, I've just been praying and thinking they're mostly for me to encourage me, blah, blah, blah. And then 
um, the morning that David Wagner came to speak during worship, the Lord said to me, I want you to go to Jeff and tell him you have a word for the church. That's always comfortable, isn't it? No. It's one of your core values, self-promotion. Right. So <laughs> something I've never, ever done. And Give me the microphone. It feels awkward. And I mean, obviously we have an enormous amount of relationship with Jeff. And, right. But I, I, I just didn't really want to do that. Um Besides that, I was like, Lord, I don't know that I do have a word for the church. And he said, you do. And I want you to, you know, go and chat with him. So I was like, oh. So um, I stalled for about eight hours. No, probably more like 10. And then I finally called him Sunday evening and just said, "Um, I'm fine for you to say no, but uh, this is what I felt like I was saying. And it has to do with these dreams. And I explained the dreams and whatever. And he was like, yeah, I think it's important. And you know, let's get on the schedule. So um, that was just like two or three weeks ago. And so we um, scheduled it for today. Um, I thought you did an awesome job, babe. Thank you. We'll post a link to it in the show notes. So if you want to watch AJ on YouTube and hear a message, which I'd encourage you to, it's pretty stinking awesome. Thanks, babe. Um, We have some listeners' questions. We have one from Sweden. This is Sarah or Sarah. I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong. Um, Sarah Sara said, Hi, I live in Sweden and our election day is today, September 14th. So it was this week. What is your view on political opinions as Christians? I struggle with elections as people seem to be going all kinds of ways, accounting it to their faith. Should I just ask God about it? Also, do you think churches should be outspoken politically? Thanks. Love your podcast. Well, over to our political correspondent, <laughs> AJ Jones. Um... Thanks, darling, for just <laughs> lumping me in the midst of that. Um, well, I think it's really important to vote. I think it's really important to research who you're voting for and what they're going to stand for because later on, uh, typically, we tend to complain about government. And if we didn't actually stand up and vote and do the research, then I think we shouldn't be having an opinion in the first place. Uh, that might be a but bit, what do you bit really of a strong think? way of putting it. But, if I could um, get you out of the hazy, fuzzy <laughs> stuff and just tell me what you really think. So, I mean, I I think I don't think you can force your opinion on one another, but do I think churches should be outspoken politically? I don't know, but I think they should educate. Right. I think if there's stuff coming up that, that maybe the average person wouldn't know about or wouldn't hear about and would want to know in terms of voting and it and it's, you know, either biblical or not biblical or whatever the deal is. Yeah, I think I think it's church's responsibility to educate. The flip side of that was I had a conversation with somebody actually in Scotland last week about their response to voting. And they said as a Christian they didn't believe they should vote. Why? I don't know. I had a hard time wrapping my head around it and then get to the bottom of it. But basically they said they'd rather pray than vote. But why can't you pray, ask the Lord what to vote for, and then vote? I'm, I'm not sure. I, oh, I don't hold okay. that opinion. Okay, I, yeah. I, was just, I was just kind of taken aback that that actually is an opinion. Gosh. I'm not sure if this is oversimplistic, but it's kind of like me sitting on the sofa going, I'm really hungry, and I could go fix myself a sandwich, but instead I'll pray that a sandwich would happen. Yeah, I guess I feel a lot stronger about voting than that. Right. So I don't know, Sarah, I, I don't know how it went down in Sweden. Hope it was great. We love your country. It's amazing. We have a, a thing going on right now uh, with Yes on One. Mm-hmm. And, um, Talk about that. So there's going to be three amendments on the on the ballot in November. Uh, this is for Tennessee. In, in Tennessee, yeah. And uh, Amendment 1 is uh, an amendment to bring the 
standards for uh, abortions back up to what the national standard is. So basically, Tennessee standards are way lower um, than what the national standard is. So like with the um, Roe v. Wade and, and all that kind of stuff, there's certain you know laws that say you can't abort after a certain time. You have to educate the person who wants to get an abortion. Um, parents have to be notified if they're minors. You abortion know, all that clinics kind of need stuff. to be regulated. A, abor- abortion clinics should be regulated. In Tennessee, really, they don't honor any of those. So they don't a minor doesn't have to have a parent involved. They don't have to be given informed consent. Nobody tells them this is actually what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to your body. This there's is no what could happen period. to you afterwards. There's no waiting period. There's there's no regulation of abortion clinics. I mean, it, they can be holes in the wall. So, um, uh, Amendment One, voting yes in Amendment One says yes. Tennessee should be brought back to the national standard. Right. Um, but well, we didn't know any of that happened. Right until somebody at our church spoke about it. Right. So there's an example where we were completely ignorant of that and somebody came and brought that to our attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's super helpful. It is super helpful. There's an interesting thing here in the United States, and I don't know enough about it, so I should, probably shouldn't comment, but a 501c3, which is the charitable status in the States, um, there's some guidelines on what you can and cannot talk about from the pulpit but i think it's pretty clear cut i think you can uh, share your opinion but you can't tell your people who to vote for it right um i should look into that and clarify next week right next listener's question we've got is from our good friend chad walbrink hi chad and chad we remember the time that you cooked his dinner you, you cooked an amazing you dinner you did an awesome job so yeah i miss those guys vegetables yeah yeah i love you guys oh thanks alan mentioned getting things done by david allen that's a book in the episode on planning, do you all use GTD in your own work and life? And what does that look like for you guys? Well, I would say that like anything, you read something that sounds absolutely awesome and then you put it into your life and you work out the kinks and you come up with a version. And then you realize, oh, my version isn't as good as the version I read in the book. I should reread the book, which is probably what we're due for. Hmm. But we do have an inbox for everything in life. So we have an inbox for our mail. It's right beside our door. As soon as we walk in, our mail goes there, and the inbox goes there, and we sort it out later that week, and then we decide to action it. Or we have separate it or inboxes it. for all of the kids, right? For whatever forms might come in for yeah. them and that kind of stuff. That's right. So keep all the school stuff. So anything out of the school folder gets dumped in the inbox, so we always know where it is, and then we action it or delete it. Um, same with our email. Same with our to do lists. Same with people that want to get with us. They just go into kind of a holding pattern. And then we evaluate that. Um, Charlene, our assistant, our wonderful assistant, manages that part for us. Um, I used to try and do inbox zero with my email, which is where you try and reply to an email if you can, if it takes you less than two minutes. Otherwise, it goes in one of three folders, an action folder, a reply folder, or a save folder. Um, I am behind on that. So yes, we do use GTD in our life, but I think we're due for an upgrade and an overhaul. I should on that probably topic. read it at some point. Oh, you'd love it. It's a shaper's dream. I thought uh, when he said GTD, it was that thing where you take a test and then you don't have to finish high school. So, you know, I should probably actually focus um, and perhaps read the book. Stay on target. Stay on target. All right. Our discussion topic for this week. Yes. Possibly my most favorite topic in the world. Apple products? Nope. Nope. And mm, sex? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) 
So I'm not, I'm not sure. What's your favorite topic then? The father's love. Oh, see, that's a good topic. It is an amazing topic. I think everybody else is probably thankful we're not talking about the first two I suggested. <laughs> Though I did think we need to do a podcast episode on sex, but we probably need to work out what we're talking about and who we're aiming at. Yeah. But anyway, save that for another day. Yes, not um, today. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the tweets on that one. Oh, gosh. So I want to talk yeah. about the father's love. Talk about love. this. Talk about that. Because Sorry. I was writing an article for the website on um, soaking, actually. And as I was writing about it, I was talking about my revelation of the Father's love and where I got it and how the revelation of the Father's love seems to be completely misunderstood until you get it. Yeah. My case in point is Jack Frost, who's one of our, um, uh, just an amazing father in the faith who's now with the Lord, who um, helped bring me the message of the Father's love and I know it was instrumental in bringing it to you and through Toronto as well. I remember hearing him in, in Edinburgh, and at first it was called a Father Loves You conference. And I was kind of like, why would you need to go to a Father Loves You conference? Surely everybody knows that God, as a loving Father, loves you. Like, duh, what am I going to learn for the whole weekend? And then I went, and it kind of chiseled away at my head, and then finally got to my heart, and I was like, oh. oh. And then, you know, in the ensuing months, I began to understand what everybody was excited about, but then faced the same problem when people would be like, what are you so excited about? Oh, I have a revelation that the Father loves me. And I'm like, well, duh, don't you read the Bible? Right. So talk to me about what was it like for you to not get it? Because, of course, you have an interesting history. Well, what I mean, the dynamic that you're talking about there is the is that verse. You know, it's one of my favorite verses, First John 4, verse 16. She says, For we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. And a lot of us mentally know, you know, duh, for God so loved the world, you know. But there's a process of knowing and then believing. And when when that information that's in your head actually makes it to your heart, that's when you're believing. And you know you believe, believe something when you live like it's true. So I would say, um, you know, for me, it was, a, it was a really long process. It was about a probably 10 or 12 year process before I actually started living like it was true. Living expecting that the father... Uh, knew what was going on with my life, um, not panicking the same way I used to panic about things, knowing that I'm not alone, you know, all that kind of stuff. That was that was a long process because of the amount of um, confusion and um, trauma around my dad and um, just growing up and him mm-hmm. dying and all that kind of stuff. So, One of the truths that we've discovered is that your image or your perception of God, especially the Father, is actually manufactured for you through your own interactions with your yeah. earthly mother and fathers mm-hmm. or authority figures. Mm-hmm. So without thinking about it, it's most common that you will have placed your experience with your father, even if you didn't have one or no one, mm-hmm. onto the father. Well, yeah, for example, if you didn't have one or no one, then often you don't relate to the father at all because he's just not something that you have learned to relate to in the first place. Or if your father is uh, really diligent and hardworking but had no time for you at home, then you begin to just place that on God and go, well, yeah, God is obviously studious and he's very busy and he's very busy but he has no time for me and I shouldn't bother him with my problems. Right. And yet the, the glorious message of the gospel of the kingdom is that Jesus came to reveal the Father. Yeah, he came to restore relationship with the Father. I don't know how I missed that. I missed it too. 
I think a lot of people miss it. Was it James Jordan who said, you know, Jesus came and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. For Jesus to be the way, there must be a destination. I think actually that was Jack Winter, but... Was it Jack Winter? Well, but, you know, Jack you know, was huge They all sort of ran together, didn't they? And that's amazing. For Jesus to be the way, there must be a destination. Yeah. The destination is the Father. Yeah. And I don't know if fathers are... I would imagine that there's a small population in the world who've had amazing fathers, and, and the issue of fathering isn't a problem for them. But for most people we have an unhealthy view of what Father God is like. Right. And the journey into understanding what he's like and what he wants to do for you is, I would say, the most exciting and most wonderful experience somebody can have. And it's so super important. You know, I think it was uh, Graham Cook that said, what you believe about the Father and what you think that he believes about you will determine everything that you receive in life. Mm -hmm. And it just does. I mean, it affects your expectations. It affects your hopes, your dreams, your ability to hope and dream. You right, know, your outlook. Your outlook, you know, it just affects everything. I think it's the the foundation upon which you do everything in life. Right. I remember Jack Frost. I remember one time hearing Jack. It was one of the first times I'd heard him speak. And he opened with this line. He said, many Christians think that the cross of Jesus Christ is the foundation for the Christian faith, but it's not. And I remember thinking, you you're looking for stones i'm looking for stones like that's an outlandish statement to say and he said it's not the foundation it's the foundation of the christian faith is the father's love Mm. and i was like man we're getting off kilter here and he said would you like a verse for that and of course everybody's like yes we want a verse for that before we stone you (laughs) yeah and he said john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son Mm -hmm. the reason jesus came was rooted in the love of the father Mm. Elsewhere, you know, Paul, quoting the Old Testament, reveals the heart of God all along. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. Yeah. So living as a son or living as a daughter changes everything. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we prophesy and the way we approach healing the sick and the way we approach interacting everybody with everybody is from a place of knowing that our daddy loves us and our daddy loves them. Yeah. I think that helped me understand that for prophetic ministry. Because like you know th- that the Father wants to say something. Right. Yeah. We know that like whoever's standing in front of me, Jesus, uh, well, the Father's already sent Jesus to die for. So mm-hmm. he's already given his most precious gift to them. Mm-hmm. So he will absolutely give me revelation about that person to reveal the Father's nature, which is a wonderful uh, doorway into the prophetic. That's amazing. The foundation of the prophetic should be a revelation of the Father's love. I would say. Absolutely. Well, the foundation for any kind of supernatural activity, you know, whether it's healing the sick or prophetic or, you know, whatever it's. What did it look like for you to not get the message? Did you think you already had the message and you couldn't understand what everybody was so excited about? I was totally, I was aggravated. I, um, I remember when I first started going to, um, TACF, which was, you know, then TAVCF because we were a vineyard church, but, um, yeah, so you're now talking 91, 92. Um, they just, all they spoke about every single Sunday, somehow the message of the Father Heart of God was woven into the message. And I remember about, you know, a year and a half in, feeling so frustrated one Sunday morning because I think there was a guest speaker and um, I thought, oh, 
thank God there's a guest speaker. They're not going to speak on the fatherhood of God. And which is funny. Anytime you're reacting like that to a message probably means that you actually need to hear it right? <laughs> many times because you're still not getting it. But, but I was just like, move on from that, you know? Um, and, uh, anyway, he, he started reading, I think he started talking about something in Leviticus and he was going to be speaking on healing, but then he ended up father hearting us. And I was so frustrated um, that I remember just sitting there through the whole service, like pretty close to tears, feeling really frustrated. And uh, and then at the end of that service, um, I, I had gotten to the point where I was crying. And so I was just like, okay, Lord, everybody is so excited about this. And I, I don't get it. I don't get what they're so excited about. But clearly, I don't get it. Right. So, would you help me? Like, would you help me to get it? And um, that night was the first night that I had a dream about the Father's house. Talk to me about that dream, because I love that dream. You do? I love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. How many times did you have the dream? Seven times. Same dream. Same exact dream. Seven, seven times. times. Over about two years, yeah. Tell us the dream. Um, in the dream, I am running up to the Father's house. And I have keys, and there's a whole bunch of other youth with me, all people I knew from church, um, that were running up to the Father's house as well. Uh, for anybody who's interested, the Father's house kind of looked like Dublin Castle. It was large and square. Um, Not like the Apple Store in Manhattan, a glass Strangely, cube. no. Okay, that's in New Jerusalem. Yes. Continue. Um, so we run up. I get to the door first, and I put in this massive key that I have. And we all have keys. Um, but I put in this massive key and I swing the door open and uh, we run inside. And just as we come in the door, you know, there's a hallway straight ahead and there's um, spiraling stairs up to the left. But to the right, there's this room and um, it's it's a gorgeous big room and it's got big pieces of furniture and it's there's a fire and, you know, there's mahogany on the walls and um, it's, you know, painted red. I mean, it's not the mahogany, the rest of the wall, but, um, you know, there's it's uh it's this gorgeous inviting room and it has and there's games set out like board games and stuff and um i love board games anyway just saying that it's your one weakness thanks darling um so anyway everybody runs in there and there's about 40 of us everybody runs in there and uh but i want to go and find the father i don't you know so I say to everybody, hey, guys, like, let's go find him. Let's go find him, and then we'll come back and we'll play games with him. Like, let's let's go find him. And um, the youth that were with me, for the most part, there's there was um, four people that, that came with me, but other than those four, um, they're like, oh, AJ, just chill. He put out this games for us. He put out the hot chocolate for us. You're so intense all the time. Like, relax, you know. He wants us to have fun and whatever. And I was like, well, yeah, but do, I mean, I want to be with him. I want to see him first. And they were just like, well, we'll be here, you know. And so we were like, okay. And so I took off and went up the spiraled staircase. And um, my roommate at the time was Lucy. Um, her brother's name was Paul and he was with us. My cousin Jana was with us and this guy, Darren, who um, was a friend of Lucy's. They, I think they just started dating. And so, you know, I ran up this staircase um, and as we came to the top, you know, it was all black and white upstairs. Mm -hmm. There's no color. Um, but, uh, I knew which room was mine. You know, we all had rooms and I, I ran to my room and the reason I knew which room was mine was, um, it was the only one in color. Wow. So I ran to this room and it was a bright yellow room, 
painted bright yellow. And the only thing that was in the room was a bed, and it was really uh, high off the ground. There's no um, furniture of any kind other than the bed. And the window was open, and these white drapes were blowing. And um, as I ran in the room, I kind of did like this matrix thing and flipped midair and landed on my bed. And I was like, oh, God, this is so great. And for, you know, a fragment of a second felt very comfortable and like, yes, this is where I belong. And then a voice said to me, find the king. And I was like, brilliant, I'm going to find the king, you know. And so I jumped down off the bed and I ran out into the hallway. And again, it was black and white. And uh, I heard the voice say again, let the sun in. So I ran to the far end of the hallway that I hadn't been to yet, and I went over the window and I threw open the window. And as I threw it open, uh, what looked kind of like liquid gold came in through the window and started creeping up the walls. And all of a sudden, everything was in color, you know, as I threw open these different windows. And um, when I had run towards that window in the first place, I had run by... Uh, Lucy and Darren and I had run by Jana and Paul and Jana and Paul uh, were in a room together and they were leading worship like they you know Paul was playing a guitar and um, Jana was playing a keyboard and in the other room um, Darren and Lucy were um, like feeding young children and um, interacting with like homeless people and stuff and uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, so once I let the light in, I started coming up the hallway, throwing open every window, and I went in their rooms and threw open the windows. And once the windows were open, I could see they were still doing the same thing, but they were on massive beds as well. Wow. And there was, you know, no furniture. I didn't really understand that part of the dream until much later, you know, about intimacy and that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, And then I kept going until I went up these three steps into the father's room. And I knew it was the father's room. And the window wasn't open in there yet, so the colors were very, almost almost black and white, like a really muted, I could see it could possibly be a blue or purple type of color. Um, but I went over to the window, and the window was so high that I couldn't reach it. And so, you know, I jumped several times, and I couldn't get to the window, and I just kind of got frustrated. And... Then the window opened all by itself and this light flooded into the room and it was this bright blue gorgeous room and there was a veil around the bed and again there was only just this massive bed in the room. And um, I went to the end of the bed and when I reached up my hands above my head, the tip of my finger still was only half the height of where the the top of the bed was. Like it was such a massive bed. And, um, you know, of course I could see these drapes around it and uh, again, I tried to jump a couple times and I realized there was no way I was going to make it. So I just reached up my hands and I said, up, Papa. And when I said that, it was like something, you know, when you pick up a small child and you kind of flip them over onto a bed. Like I it's do that all kind, the time with yeah, MG. You do, you do with MG. Um, something did that, picked me up and flipped me onto the bed right through the veil And when I was on the bed, the father was sitting on the bed and he pulled me into his lap and he started laughing. And, um, and then I started laughing and that's where the dream ends. But the first time that I woke up having had that dream, only the first time, um, I could hear God audibly laughing in my room for about 10 seconds. And that was the moment that I went, you're real. And you're happy. 
which for me, I realized I'd never thought he was. Wow. So that's sort of where the journey started. And really for the next two two years, two to three years, the Lord would every day or two give me a new verse about his heart towards me. And he would unwind the things that I had thought about him and the wow, things that I had amazing. believed. amazing. You know what you want to do? What? You want to write down all your thoughts and all your verses, kind of like into cohesive, maybe like 12-week <laughs> study guide that people could work through so that they could get their so? own revelation of the Father. You think so? I think you should. Darling, I have news for you. What's that? I did do that. You did do that? I did do that. That's You're so genius. funny. I, oh, that's right. In that book that you wrote called Finding Father. Yeah. I noticed that the first two chapters of that book are exceptionally well written. Really? Do yeah. you think so? Did you have somebody guess right those? I you? did have somebody guess right. L- I'm thinking they're probably very handsome and very humble. And very hairy <laughs> with a beard that needs to be shaved, but very cute. Yeah. In all seriousness, you did write a book called I, Finding Father. I did, yeah. And it's a brilliant book. Thank you, darling. And I, what I love about it is it's written so perfectly for somebody like me or like you where initially you know you're kind of left brain and you're like yeah that sounds really lovely and emotionally um alive i don't relate to that Mm. and it's written really small bite-sized chapters there's enough for one each day and you just kind of Mm -hmm. work your way through it and you anyway i love it i think it's amazing there's there's also you know the first two chapters one chapter is on you know soaking and connecting with god and the other one is on hearing god's voice which is what we talked about last That's right. podcast there is how to hear god's voice and you know what and there's are, exercises what are the tips to do and, every week yeah. and yeah. if you have not got a copy of this and i know this is my wife and she's sitting in the same room as me but i i wouldn't hardly recommend something i don't hardly recommend but i really do recommend a copy of ages book um finding father if you uh, live outside of the united states to get a paperback copy it's quite expensive because of the shipping. But because we're geniuses, you can get it for your iPhone or your iPad or because your you're Kindle. Because you're a genius. <laughs> Please stop now. You're making me blush. But I digress. But I digress. But yeah, you can get it on your Kindle. You can get it on your iPhone. You can get it on your iPad. If you are an attention to detail person and love beautiful typography and you love beautiful, rich um, multimedia, there's an enhanced edition prepared especially for the iPad We'll put links to all of these in our show notes. But you could not uh, do yourself a bigger favor than being kind to yourself, buying a copy of this book and working through it and getting a revelation or a deeper revelation of the Father's love for you. Yeah, We uh, we get such great feedback from people who read it. In fact, just today we had somebody come up and said, I've read it for the second time. And you could notice a visible difference in this person's yeah. countenance yeah, she's and totally in their personality. Different. Well, we'll put a, a link to that on our site. The other thing I want to mention is we have, um, well, we've had this for a long time, but we haven't really done anything with it. We have an email list that I'm not a huge fan of email, but recently I've been receiving email from uh, a website that I really, really, really like. It's made me think, oh, I wonder if we could do something as helpful as that. If uh, We promise you we're not going to spam you, we're not going to plague you, but we have started an email list. We send out maybe one or two emails a month, and we want to start giving you exclusive access to content before it appears on our website. And so if you haven't already joined our um, email list, just go to alanaj.com, scroll to the bottom of the first page, and there's a little form that you can fill in. Uh, Again, you can unsubscribe anytime. We are not in the interest of spamming you, but we do want to uh, cultivate an audience and connect with you and send you 
content that's not available anywhere else and exclusive content and give you um, up-to-date information on what's going on. Uh, the other thing, speaking of stuff that's going on, is we have a conference happening at Grace Center, October 23rd to 26th, mm-hmm. called Heaven Declares. It's going to be amazing. Um, our dear friend Artie Kendall is going to be there, who's yes. one of the finest theologians in the world. And he's so funny. And then two of our favorite prophets, yes, John Paul Jackson and Bobby Connor. If you want information about that, go to heavendeclares.info or look for the show notes in our uh, on our site. And yeah. I'll tell you stuff about that. Yeah, it's that conference is going to be amazing. We keep hearing from different people that are having dreams about stuff that's going to happen at the conference, and so we're super stoked about it. So we hope are. you can come if you're if you're close enough to come. Yeah, and if not, we will be having uh, a live stream of the conference too. We'll give you some details about that later. Before we leave, um, AJ, would you pray for everybody who's listening right now for a revelation of the Father's love? Yeah, Father. Um, wow. Papa, you are so good. And Lord, I ask for every single person who's listening to this podcast right now, God, that you would just show up wherever they are, Lord, whether they're um, driving or working out or just listening at work or whatever, that they would encounter you. They would encounter your love and the reality of your presence. Lord, I ask that you would take them on a journey uh, just as wonderful as the one that you took me on into your heart, God, into understanding how loved they are, how precious they are, the good things that you have for them, Father. Lord, I ask that it would be marvelous and that you would be so real to them that they would realize that that reality changes everything. And I thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.